mentally healthy or physically healthy. It does state that you have a right to choose your own medical care, but that is interpreted as medical care that is approved by the Food and Drug Administration. Regarding the FDA, the court is highly disturbed by its bullying tactics and direct interference with the drug whose own agency has found to be non-toxic. The FDA was formed to protect people, not prevent them from getting help. The law doesn't seem to make much common sense sometimes. If a person has been found to be terminally ill, well, they ought to be able to take just about anything they feel will help. That's not the law. Mr. Woodruff, I'm moved to compassion by your plight, but what is lacking here is legal authority to intervene. I'm sorry, this case is hereby dismissed. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that clip from the Dallas Buyers Club talking about uh, the struggle to uh, approve uh, for the for the victims of HIV and AIDS to uh, to get at drugs that the uh, that the government didn't want to get approved. And we're going to talk a lot about that because it has a lot of parallel to what we're seeing going on right now. There's a, and a lot of lot of uh, common players and a lot of that. Also, use that song from Bachman Turner, Overdrive from 70-something, taking care of business because we need to take care of business. We need to get this, this state back open. We need to get this country back open. We need to get back to work and uh, stop, the, stop the BS that you're going to hear today. You know, I've been, saying it for, I've been saying it for several weeks that I thought this was a farce and uh, that, you know, it's – you know the the coronavirus isn't a farce, but the the way they're they're putting fear into everybody and getting everybody to put up with this quarantine is is entirely overreaction, entire overreach, and uh, and we're we're doing overkill. We're doing overkill. What we should have focused on is hey the the people that are that are uh, immune immune compromised uh, and the people that are uh, you know elderly because they're the ones that are getting it. And let's talk about what's what the truth is out there. You know, we could and, you know, we could still push the push the uh, hey, you got to wash your hands because Lord knows most of you don't. 
most of the kids out there, most of everybody, you know, you, it's amazing once you start paying attention to it, how many people don't wash their hands ever. And, uh, and, you know, a little bit of social distancing, uh, couldn't, could, uh, could never hurt. And, uh, and, you know, they could have made some rules without shutting down everything. And it's, and it's going to put some, some permanent damage to a lot of people. And the, uh, uh, what they say is relief is relieving some people, but there's a lot of people that won't be relieved and they'll, and although the employers might be holding their jobs, the employers might not survive it. So we're going to talk about all that stuff and everything that's going on and some, uh, and some basic information, uh, that I think everybody needs to know. Uh, but first let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in anything that is real estate, Fantastic opportunities, whether they're whether it's refinancing a piece of property that you have, or whether it's financing a piece of property that you want to have. If you want to get out of this stupid state of California and get into another state, if you want to do whatever you want to do, real estate, if you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, dear night, toll free, very code 855-640-2020. If you want to get some information, but you don't want to talk on the phone because it's it's so personal. I can ask you questions that maybe you don't, you know, kind of like uh, why uh, Joe Biden doesn't go up and let people question him about what's going on uh, with uh, what went on with uh, his uh, his sexual his rape charge from 1993. Because you know, if you're talking, you know, he could ask questions, and then everyone's going to see how I react. So if you're uh, if you don't want to do that, go to edhoffman.net, e d h o f f m a n dot net. Click on the Summit Funding logo, and it'll take you to my lending page, and you can uh, put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, or Brian Goodman, and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. If you're over 62 and you're thinking about a reverse mortgage, and Lord knows people are, are taking, a, taking a, a, uh, a step back and saying, hey, you know what? I don't really think I want one of those reverse mortgages. I really don't need it. And then something like this happens and you realize that, realize that, uh, you know, there's a lot of the unknown out there. What things that could happen that you would have never, that you would have never anticipated and a reverse mortgage for those of you that qualify for it just gives you opportunities, just gives you options. And, uh, and it's a, it's a fantastic tool. Call us for that. Uh, 855-640-2020 or at Click on the Summit Funding logo. If you uh, want, if you hear something on the show you want repeated, also on edhoffman.net, you can click on the podcast page, and uh, it'll play, it has this show as well as several past shows, and you can uh, download and play them on demand. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can subscribe for free and have it uh, automatically download download once a week to your uh, your iPhone or your iPad or your iPod or your Mini Pad or your Maxi Pad or your puppy pad or your computer or your droid or anything that you can listen to podcasts on and listen on demand and never miss it. So if the radio times don't work for you, then uh, you still get to hear. You still get to stay up to date on what's going on and my opinion of it. So before I go any further, um, I probably should have covered this a week or two ago. Being in the mortgage business, being in the mortgage business, there's a lot of talk about the uh, forbearances out there. and People are saying, "Hey, you know what? If if you're on if you're on uh, furlough or if you're having problems because of the coronavirus, you can call into your mortgage company and ask them to put you on a forbearance, 
And I think they let you go up to four months without making a payment. And they say they're not going to, uh, it's not going to affect your credit. Well, that's not entirely true. That's not entirely true. So where, where they may not, where they may not post um, late payments on your credit, the FICO algorithm, the algorithm that, that creates your credit score knows that you have an installment loan. So a mortgage and a car loan, those kind of, those kind of loans are installment loans as opposed to revolving. So if you have a revolving card, you know, one from month, one month to the next, your, your balance goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down, depending on how you spend and when you make your payments on a, on a mortgage, your credit, your, your balance goes down every month. Doesn't go down very much, but it goes down a little bit each month on a, on an installment loan, like a car loan. It doesn't go down very much, but it goes down every single month. So when the, when you do a, a forbearance, even though they're not putting late payments on you and they, and it'll show current, your balance is going up each month. The algorithm, the algorithm senses that and it dings your credit score. So for those of you that I have, I have one client that actually, uh, I told him, Hey, you know what, if we get your score up to this point, your, your uh, rates are going to be significantly better pricing significantly better. And you got all these credit cards. If you pay this one down to this and this one down to this, and it was about $5,000 and he goes, Hey, I got a forbearance from my mortgage company. And, uh, and so I don't have to make a payment for four months. So I'm going to pay down all my credit, pay down all my credit with that. And then we'll be able to do the refinance. Except for if your credit report comes in and it says you're in forbearance or we're in forbearance, you're dead. If you're so, so, so be aware of these things. Number one, it's affecting your credit score. So happily, I told him right before the end of April and he brought his, brought his loan current, but um, the mortgage company still puts a notation on your credit report that says for in forbearance. And if we see that you're turned down because there's a big hassle in the mortgage industry for people buying houses. And before, before the mortgage company can sell it to Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, people are calling in requesting a forbearance. Well, we're not allowed to say no. The government says we're not allowed to say no. So you can do that. And then, then the Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, uh, we're, whoever we're selling the loan to, um, adds five points to the, uh, to the cost of the loan. So surprisingly enough, that it will drive drive a lot of mortgage companies out of business if that happens. So, uh, so do yourself a favor. You guys are getting unemployment plus six hundred bucks. You're getting uh, you're getting money from the government, and a lot of people, a lot of you guys are just saying, taking forbearance because hey, you know who wouldn't like to have four months off of your mortgage? Guess what? You're screwing yourself. So don't do it. Don't do it. Make your payments. Don't ask for for help if if you don't need it. And uh, you know those those programs are great for people that are actually being hurt. But unfortunately, there's too many people that aren't being hurt that are just jumping on it for free money as well. So let me uh, talk talk to you about a couple other things. If we see an inquiry from the Small Business Administration, we have to uh, we have to check into that. Some of the loans are some of the loans are. Uh, are uh, forgivable and some of them aren't forgivable. And if you're, and if you applied for the paycheck protection program, we have to have, we have to do, uh, um, we have to get a bunch more information to make sure that your, uh, your, whether your company is in trouble or it's not in trouble. If you're, uh, if you got the, the economic injury disaster loan, um, those things have payments. We have to, we have to, uh, 
uh, factor those into your to your debt ratios. And uh, and if you're start if you start it and you haven't got your loan papers yet, we can't do anything until we get the loan papers to determine what your uh, what your payment is. Um, so anyway, there's a, a lot of things going on. If you're thinking about buying a house or you're thinking about refinancing and you've done one of those things, you want to find out what your options are. Call me eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. If you haven't done it and you're thinking about doing it, don't do it if you don't need it. Because uh, number one, it wastes our, our tax dollars. That uh, it wastes our tax dollars, and if you're getting it, it's not going to be it's not going to be without without creating hassles in your life. So anyway, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Um, so if you have more questions about that, eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. So I used that scene from Dallas Buyers Club today because of what we're going to talk about today is uh, the coronavirus and uh, follow the Fauci. So, and I use the uh, taking care of business because in the second half, we're going to talk about, oh, also, let me let me just mention, uh, before I go any further, next week on the show, I'm going to have Josh Steck, who's uh, the founder and CEO of a company called Sunday, and uh, they're big, uh, they're big investors in the real estate, in the real estate business and big sellers in the real estate business. And I'm going to have him to talk about the, what the, uh, what the state of the real estate, what the state of the real estate market is. And uh, and what he sees going forward as someone who's heavily involved and has been heavily involved in a long time, for a long time. So let's talk about follow the Fauci now. Uh, by now, most Americans think they know everything there is to know about COVID nineteen, but guess what? Everything you know is wrong. Where's the where the virus came from? Why the death toll is being inflated? And what Dr. Anthony Fauci's history is? And with this, with this and other immune system viruses, it's all is all starting to come out, which means, of course. It's all being censored. So the truth is starting to rise to the top. Americans are starting to get tired of this, of the government controlling their lives, and people are starting to come out and, and tell stories that they know are true that everybody else didn't. The answers are all in an upcoming documentary called Plandemic, which features an interview with Dr. Judy Mikovits. Dr. Mikovits is an Oxford-trained medical researcher who did groundbreaking work on HIV cancer, and immunology disorders in the 80s and 90s. In the past week since video clips of the film have been circulated, Facebook and YouTube have removed all the clips for violating community guidelines, and Twitter is marking all the links to clips as potentially unsafe. Dr. Mikovits' uh, Wikipedia bio has been mysteriously changed to call her an American anti-vaccination activist, conspiracy theorist, and former medical researcher. Media outlets are quickly dismissing her claims as discredited and debunked, though they can't seem to provide any proof. Kind of reminds me, it kind of reminds me if you've seen the movie The Insider, when uh, Jeffrey Wygant comes, comes out about uh, what, the, what the tobacco industry was hiding from, hiding from the public. So Dr. Mikovits uh, has a lot to say about that. What's the doctor saying that's so troubling? She's saying the truth about COVID-19, which starts with the truth about Dr. Anthony Fauci at the beginning of the AIDS crisis in the early 80s. So Anthony Fauci. My name is uh, Dr. Tony Fauci. I'm the director. The man who is heading the pandemic task force was involved in a cover-up. He directed the cover-up. And in fact, everybody else was paid off and paid off big time. Millions of dollars in funding from Tony Fauci, Tony Fauci's organization, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. And the whole world is listening to his advice for how to handle this current pandemic. How do we know that what he's saying is what we need to be learning? 
what he's saying is absolute uh, propaganda and, and the same kind of propaganda that he's perpetrated to kill millions since 1984. We know from this study quite clearly that there will be a delay in progression significantly greater than for individuals who do not take the drug. So he, what they're talking about is the drug AZT, which at the beginning, which the beginning of the AIDS, AIDS, uh, uh, HIV AIDS epidemic uh, was being touted out there as as the uh, as the cure for HIV. And uh, and what he said, you know, if you don't take it, you're uh, it's going to it's going to advance in your in your body much, much faster. And what we find out now is that Anthony Fauci had the patent on AZT and they're pushing this. They were pushing this because it was a financial thing. So uh, here's the doctor on when she first realized that Fauci and Robert Gallo, both of whom were researching the HIV at the National Institutes of Health, were trying to manipulate public knowledge about the virus and why they were doing it. It started really when I was 25 years old. I was part of the team that isolated HIV from the saliva and blood of the patients from France. This was a confirmatory study, but Tony Fauci and Robert Gallo were working together then to spin the story in a different way. Tony Fauci says, um, you know, we understand that you have a paper in press and we want a copy of it. And I said, yes, there's a paper in press and it's confidential. And no, I will not give you a copy of it. <laughs> he started screaming at me. Then he said, give us the paper right now or, or you'll be fired for insubordination. Fauci holds up the publication of the paper for several months while Robert Gallo writes his own paper and takes all the credit. And of course, patents are involved. This delay of the confirmation, you know, literally led to spreading the virus around, um, you know, killing millions. So essentially what she's talking about is they isolated the HIV virus as, as what leads to AIDS. And she wrote up a, a, uh, a paper on it and Fauci, Fauci wanted it to take credit for it. So she wouldn't give it to him. So she, he threatened to, to fire her. And she said, you know, they, so they waited for the other doctor that she was, that she was directly reporting to, uh, to get back from France. And when he got back, he went ahead and gave it to them, and then Fauci held it up from being pro from she they she, they took all the information from it, and and they uh, and they and they uh, delayed it from being published so they could take uh, they could take credit for it, and they got the patent on AZT before that. When whereas they could have released it, and people could have start you know other doctors and everyone could have been uh, uh, dealing with dealing with solving this this puzzle that turned into AIDS um, a year earlier. So, and they did that because that created a patent that created a big uh, financial landfall uh, uh, for, for um, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Gallo. So here's, here's more on the money trail Fauci left in the early days of HIV research and how it cost people their lives. 
from 83 and 82 when the virus was isolated. The virus didn't have to wait until 84 to be confirmed. Think of how many people the entire continent of Africa, you know, lost a generation as that virus was spread through because of the arrogance of a group of people. And it includes Robert Redfield, who's now the head of the CDC right along with Tony Fauci. They were working together to take credit and make money, and they had the patents on it and tailored them to IL-2 therapy, which was absolutely the wrong therapy. Had that not happened, millions wouldn't have died um, from HIV. So, so, and I, I see a picture, and when I searched on YouTube or on, uh, on uh, Google, um, I see there's pictures of People protesting Fauci in 1990, the you know people, the AIDS uh, activists were were uh, protesting him. So this this is the guy that was creating all kinds of stir in the in the 80s and 90s, and now he's the foremost authority. And this is the guy we're trying to uh, have him tell us how to save the world. So at this point, you may be wondering why doctors who work for the government are allowed to own medical patents and make money off them. Isn't there a law against that? No. There's actually a law that promotes it. How can a man who's giving, any, any person who's giving global advice for health own a patent in the solution in the vaccine? Isn't that a conflict of interest or shouldn't it be? It is a conflict of interest. And in fact, this is one of the things that I, I've been saying and would like to say to President Trump, repeal the Bayh-Dole Act. That act gave government workers the right to patent their discoveries. So to, to claim intellectual property for discoveries that the taxpayer paid for. Ever since that happened in the early 80s, it destroyed science. And this allowed the development of those conflicts of interest. So uh, the conflict of interest, this, this is similar to what happened in the subprime, subprime time when uh, the head of the uh, Financial Services Committee, uh, Barney Frank, was uh, having a homosexual relationship with one of the head guys at, at uh, Fannie Mae, and they're promoting subprime, uh, subprime and forcing the banks to, to participate in it when the banks have have investors, they have stockholders and they're responsible to them. And the banks don't want to do loans that aren't going to, that people don't qualify for, but they forced it. They forced it because you got people in the government who are making the laws that are also profiting on the back end. So how can you connect all this ancient history of Dr. Fauci and HIV to Dr. Fauci and coronavirus? To do that, we fast forward 35 years to 2019 in Wuhan, China. Do you believe that this virus was created in a laboratory? I wouldn't use the word created but you can't say naturally occurring if it was by way of the laboratory. So it's very clear this virus was manipulated. These, this family of viruses was manipulated and studied in a laboratory where the animals were taken into the laboratory. And this is what was released, whether deliberate or not. That cannot be naturally occurring. Somebody didn't go to a market, get a bat. The virus didn't jump directly to humans. That's not how it works. That's accelerated viral evolution. And do you have any ideas of where this occurred? 
Oh, yeah. I'm sure it occurred between the North Carolina Laboratories, Fort Detrick, U.S. Army Research Institute of Infectious Disease, and the Wuhan Laboratory. $3.7 million flowed from the National Institutes of Health here in the U.S. to the Wuhan lab in China, the same lab where many people have said that this coronavirus infection first originated. We also now know that NIAID, the department associated with the National Institutes of Health, of which Dr. Anthony Fauci is in control, had already been conducting experiments with the Wuhan lab in the past in regard to coronavirus. And, you know, there's there's a whole bunch more uh, that I couldn't play the play the whole clip because it take up my whole show. But uh, Dr. Mikovits talks about for it to have naturally occurred from uh, disease in bats to have transferred through species would take 800 years for it to happen like that. So this was definitely definitely manipulated in a lab. And when you see where the aid goes from and who controlled all that, there's there's more and more that's going to just amaze you. But I'm running out of time for this half of the main event. So stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, and commercials. And I'll be right back with some more jaw-dropping information on this on this connection between Fauci and the coronavirus. You will uh, change your opinion on whatever you think. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about real estate and financing. Not this week anyway, uh, because it's probably boring because unless you're in the market or unless you realize you're in the market, it's not as interesting as talking politics and everything else that's affecting us every single day. But if you are, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, tell toll free area code 855 855- 640-2020. Also, if you're interested, next week, Josh Steck, CEO and founder of, of uh, Sunday Homes, will be here with us uh, to talk about the state of the real estate market. So if you're thinking about selling or you're thinking about buying and, you, and you're wondering, what's this COVID thing going to do to our market? We're going to get an expert opinion on that. So anyway, in the first half, I was talking about follow the Fauci and connecting uh, connecting using clips from Dr. Mikovits, who's, who's doing a movie, who's featured in a movie called Plandemic, which if you search the internet, uh, I think you can see uh, part one of it now. Uh, it's streaming. I don't think it's going to be something that comes out in the theaters. Um, but you can, but they're trying to connect the dots to what every, everything that's being done that seemingly on purpose to take this country down. And, uh, and we've been talking about how um, Fauci was involved in the 80s and 90s involved involved with uh, HIV and getting patents and how there's kind of a conflict of interest between the fact that uh, people in the government that are making laws that are controlling controlling the Food and Drug Administration that are that are involved in the in the government can actually are allowed to get patents and and get themselves paid for this stuff even though they were paid to develop it by us taxpayers. So remember the two doctors uh, in Bakersfield that I talked about last week that were censored for speaking out about pressure to diagnose patients with COVID. The pandemic film explains how doctors are being incentivized to treat people as COVID patients, whether whether they are or not. When I'm writing up my death report, I'm being pressured to add COVID. Why is that? Why are we being pressured to add COVID 
to maybe increase the numbers and make it look a little bit worse than it is? I've talked with doctors who have admitted that they are being incentivized to list patients that are sick or have died with COVID-19. Yeah, $13,000 for Medicare, if you call it COVID-19. Right now, Medicare has determined that if you have a COVID-19 admission to the hospital, you'll get paid $13,000. If that COVID-19 patient goes on a ventilator, you get $39,000, three times as much. And you've killed them with the ventilator because you gave them the wrong treatment. Yeah, and you know what? When you think about how all this stuff is uh, is coming together, um, how it's coming together that um, the people that are controlling the, the uh, research, the people that are controlling the opinion on these drugs, and they're and they're profiting from it. It's kind of like insider trading. Whereas if you know something that's going to happen that's going to affect the price of a stock and then you make a you make a trade on it and you uh, profit from it or you tell your brothers, your brother and your sister and your mom and dad and then they go buy a bunch of stock, it's called insider trading and it's illegal. But it's happening in in the in the medical in the medical field and it's happening and we're watching it right now. And uh, what about hydroxychloroquine? Remember, this is the drug that was being hailed as the successful treatment for COVID. Right up until the moment the president mentioned it in the task force briefing. Then all of a sudden it was being called junk science. And, and who, led that, who led that chorus? Dr. Fauci. We know that hydrochloroquine and zinc are working great for patients. And then Fauci comes out and says, well, there's no double-blind controlled placebo study, which, by the way, Dr. Fauci, is there going to be a double-blind controlled placebo study of your vaccine? Is there? In a survey polling nearly 2,300 doctors in some 30 countries, hydroxychloroquine was ranked as the most effective medication to treat the virus. The AMA was saying, you know, doctors will lose their license if they use hydroxychloroquine, the anti-malarial drug that's been on the list of essential medicine worldwide for 70 years. Dr. Fauci calls that anecdotal data. Yeah, so we, they've, got a, they've got a drug that's safe. They've been using it for malaria for 70 years, and they also use it for uh, lupus and a couple other things. And they know, there's, they know the side effects are nothing. And and they're holding it back. They're holding it back for some reason because somebody wants to come up with a vaccine and somebody wants to get a patent on it so they can make money on it. There's, you know, uh, hydroxychloroquine is is cheap. There's lots of it. And we could solve this problem fairly quick if they promoted it. But they don't want to promote it because somebody wants to make money. Don't let a crisis go to waste. And finally, there's something chilling about the topic Dr. Fauci chose to chose for his keynote speech at Georgetown Medical Center in 2017 uh, for an exact date, actually January 11th, uh, 2017, nine days before Trump was was inaugurated. Um, the topic, pandemic preparedness in the next administration. So he's talking specifically is, hey, Donald Trump is about to be inaugurated as president. So here's the, the pandemic preparedness for the next administration. He made a prediction that's just a little too accurate to be coincidence. There is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. How could he know that? How could he know that? How could he know that there's, there's going to be a pandemic that, that, you know, I, it makes me wonder about the FBI. You know, when uh, when uh, Peter Strzok 
uh, said, hey, we're going to we're going to have an insurance policy just in case he gets elected. We're going to have an insurance policy. And they've tried to do everything they can to get rid of Trump. And maybe this was part of the insurance, the insurance uh, policy to make sure that uh, they get rid of him because they've tried everything else and it's failed. And now they now they know going into the election that the economy is too strong and uh, our our uh, wars are the wars are are uh, are are ending and there's North Korea is not firing off missiles and everything's going too well. They know they don't have a chance. And of course, they nominated Mr. Magoo. Um, here's here's one more. Here's one more. Uh, here's one more piece of that uh, of that speech that Dr. Fauci made and uh, where he uses the word surprise again and mentions oncoming global health health issues. I wonder what he could be talking about. The mistake that so many people have made is something that several of our panelists have already referred to. And that is a failure to look beyond our own borders in the issue of the globality of health issues. Not only things that are there that will come here, but surprises that we have. How could he know? How could he know that three years ago, three, uh, three and a half years ago? How could he know that? Unless somebody was plotting that. And this is the guy that we're looking to to tell us how we should deal with this. You know, hydroxychloroquine, it seems to be curing people, but should we be doing that? Because we're, 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 sus- we're suspect, suspicious about whether Donald Trump is, uh, is pushing this because he has a, a stake in it. We don't want anybody making the money, but what the hell is Anthony Fauci doing? It's scary. It's scary, folks. And for those of you that have been saying, hey, we can't go out there because we're, we're scared we're going to get this disease and we might die. Hey, you know what? That's what they want you to think. That's how the government controls us by making us scared to, to do anything else. So let's talk about reopening. You all know I want California reopen. You, you know, I want the whole, uh, the whole country to reopen. And, uh, and I know many of you want the company to op- the country to open because it's just crazy. There's crazy stuff going on out there and there's a lot of unintended consequences that are going on. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes as well. Um, well, Gavin Newsom this week, Uh, said this week that salons and spas were further away from reopening than other businesses because this whole thing started in a nail salon, uh, referring to the first case of the community community spread in California. And my reaction is, what? So how does he know it started in a nail salon? Something that has never been reported. Uh, I guess that's not important. Even the San Francisco Gate said, uh, the, the governor did not specify when or where this earliest reported community spread occurred. Once again, we aren't supposed to ask any questions because we just trust the government. Just trust the government and all the people that are on TV. You got Cuomo, you got Newsom, uh, you got the president. And you know what? This this is this is, makes it crystal clear why the whole establishment wants to get rid of Trump. Because all this stuff, they're pro- everybody who's in the government is finding ways to profit on this stuff. And Trump's the only one that's going in there and, and going, well, this doesn't make sense. Well, this doesn't make sense. Well, why would we spend money on this when we do this? So th- none of this stuff makes sense. Why are we paying so much to the, uh, to the uh, United Nations when nobody else kicks in? Why are we doing this? Because, because somebody in government is getting kickbacks. It's amazing. It's, a, it's just it's just jaw dropping. At least we don't have at least we don't have California judges thre- threatening to put salon owners in jail though. Here's what happened uh to this one salon owner in Dallas, uh, Texas this week. 
that your actions were selfish, putting your own interests ahead of those of the community in which you live. I have to disagree with you, sir, when, I, when you say that I'm selfish, because feeding my kids is not selfish. I have hairstylists that are going hungry because they'd rather feed their kids. So, sir, if you think the law is more important than kids getting fed, then please go ahead with your decision, but I am not going to shut the salon. So, amazing, amazingly, the state of Texas had already said they could open up this Friday, this past Friday, which is, uh, which is actually today while I'm recording on the, on the 8th. But she opened up a week early, and uh, they threw her in jail. They threw her in jail for that. Shelly Luther was ordered to pay $3,500 along with $500 per, per, uh, per day, for every day her salon is open until Friday, the day the salons were going to be allowed to reopen anyway. Meanwhile, Lieutenant Governor of Texas Dan Patrick said Wednesday he would cover the cost for her, and here's why. I've uh, been around the media and politics a long time, and I've seen few stories catch fire like this one. And I think it's because people understand in America that small business owners are really stressed right now. Um, you know, everything they have, they have tied up in their business, their money and their dreams. And when that's at risk, um, they're going to fight for it. And so, first of all, this was a story of her fight. And she's been on the front line fighting uh, for a while on this, protecting her 18 employees who work for her. Yeah, and people don't, don't people don't realize the the unintended consequences of this and how it's affecting people. It's not just it's not just some people are getting sick. Now we've got people that are are having all kinds of different problems because of being uh, isolated. And uh, and I'm going to talk about that. But you know, there's there's a there was a Facebook uh, somebody posted a Facebook a, a video uh, that and I don't know where this guy was located, but apparently his 13 year old son hung himself. And he says, hey, my son, I just buried my son and he died from coronavirus, but not directly from coronavirus. But, no, uh, no, he he he's isolated. They're not going to school. They don't have their teachers giving them encouragement, give them hugs and their friends having camaraderie. And they're not having uh, they're not having the interactions of and, and having the 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 victories and the and the competition and stuff that drives that drives people and uh and this kid had uh you know was stuck in the house and he's uh playing uh video games and he got he got frustrated and mad and and uh broke his broke his monitor and his his parents made a deal with him hey if you do this and you do this and do this then we'll go ahead and buy you another one and he did and they bought him another one and uh they're having and they, they sound like a pretty together pretty together family and i would assume that this kid probably had some anger issues but you know you work them out and uh they got him a second monitor and uh he had some frustration and he threw his controller at it and uh and it broke and he knew he knew this was just gonna kill kill uh, life as he knew it until until uh you know things went back to normal and he hung himself This stuff is not isolated to this one story and people are, are starting to go crazy and you're starting to see, you're starting to see um, people on social media getting frustrated with this. Hey, you know what? You're shutting my business down and people need this and people need that. And, uh, and I know, I know it's, I know it's affecting, it's affecting me and my wife and, uh, and it affects everybody a little differently. 
not everybody uh, is is being affected the same way. Uh, in Texas, the Cal- the Texas Supreme Court forced them to release uh, uh, Shelley Luther from from jail. But uh, to end that story, but as as much as we want our businesses up and running, it seems just as important for our places of worship to do the same. This week, Pastor Matt Brown from Sandals Church, where I go, implored Gavin Newsom to consider allowing churches across the state to reopen. Most Californians don't attend church, but many do. And for some of you, it's escaped your attention that churches are closed. Every church in California currently looks exactly like this one. This is one of our campuses. No one has been in or out in over six weeks. And I want you to know that I think it's time that we list churches as essential, just like Home Depot's essential, medicine's essential, and many other things that are open right now. Spiritual health is just as essential as physical and emotional health. And we need to make sure that we're allowing Californians to exercise their right to gather together peacefully and worship God as they see fit. Pastor Matt goes on to say uh, that he hopes Newsom will meet with him and hear, hear his plan for churches to reopen safely. Here's why that's so important. We have all kinds of emotional issues that are going on in our church. We have marital issues in our church. We're seeing a spike in depression and suicides and drug addiction. And there's going to be an enormous fallout post-COVID when there's a vaccine uh, for this disease. There's not gonna be a vaccine for marriages. There's not gonna be a vaccine for addiction. There's not gonna be a vaccine for depression. And we're gonna have literally issues for years to come. Yes, we are. And uh, and it makes me think about uh, General Mike Flynn, who uh, the uh, they, the Justice Department just dropped charges against him this week, and and uh, of course the Democrats are saying, oh hey, this is just proof Trump is 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 uh, is covering up, is covering up, and he's letting Mike Flynn Flynn out of out of jail. Well, the Justice Department dropped the charges based on the new information. I'll go into that in more detail uh, next week. But I think about Mike Flynn. Mike Flynn lost all his money. He lost he lost his house, uh, probably permanent damage to his to his relationship with his wife, to his relationship with uh, with his with his family. How do you fix that? How do you make that right by somebody? How do you fix? How do you how do you come up with a vaccine for this for this disease? And how do you bring back those kids that committed suicide? How do you how do you fix the marriages that are that have that went to divorce? I mean, how, how do you how do you fix all that stuff? So there's bigger damages going on. And now we know where the it's follow the Fauci, follow, follow the money that this thing is is really, really not everything it's supposed to be. Here's more on why churches are essential places of business. But many of our members are lonely. They're desperate and they're discouraged. And this isolation from their spiritual family has not been healthy and they're not doing well. It's time for us to recognize whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, whether you're a Muslim or a Jew, we need to recognize that literally spiritual connection was a right given to us by our founding fathers because it's essential to who we are. And we wanna give Christians and any other religious organization that feels the need that they need to meet together during this time, the opportunity to exercise our right to practice religion. You know, and think about our uh, our God-given rights to uh to uh, uh, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And think about what the government's doing to us now. Um, when I think about Shelley Luther in, in particular, when I think about, hey, you know what? If, I have to, if you're calling me selfish because I want to feed my kids, you know, for parents, for parents, one of the things that, you know, parents, 
parents pay a big price for having kids and having to raise them and they get a, and they get a, a great reward by uh, by watching them grow up and become good humans and the ability to feed those kids the ability to take care of them the ability to take them to the store and get them clothes when they need it the ability to take to to be able to take care of them is part of happiness for parents and when they say hey you can't work so you can't and I, and I wonder I wonder about people that are in business for themselves that do they get to get unemployment? Do they, you know, can unemployment even cover some of those businesses? Um, you know, especially for people in, in salons, I don't know how they, how exactly they relate. Cause they're not really, they're, they're self-employed, but they don't really have businesses. Are they able to get paycheck protection program? Are they able to get any of these things? Um, you know, this, this is essential and there's a lot of unintended consequences and and I think about our church group, our church group when uh, when Pastor Matt talks about the isolation and how that's affecting people. I know there's one of the guys in our in our community group that we meet with every week. He doesn't have any. He doesn't have internet. And although we're still meeting weekly uh, through uh, Zoom meetings, uh, number one, it's not the same. It's not the same as meeting in person and having conversations. And and for number two, for this particular guy. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't do any of that technology. So, and he's in his seventies and he's, he's nervous about coming out in public. So, but he's all by himself there all day long. And it's been six weeks. So the effect of that, uh, here's, here's pastor Matt Brown with uh, some final words for, for governor Gavin Newsom. Governor Newsom, the ball's in your court. I want to meet with you. I want you to know that I'm not a foe. I'm a friend. I'm praying for you. I understand that you're under a lot of stress, but I want you to know that we can't help as a church if you won't let us meet. So I want to encourage you to allow us to practice the rights that we are guaranteed as as Christians to meet and to gather, to practice our religion. And just so you know, Christianity is not a personal religion. It is a with others religion and we want to practice that right and governor newsom we want to meet with you so we can do it together as we all face this unprecedented pandemic yeah so um encourage people to to uh share that and get the video spread around if you want to see that whole video go to go to the facebook and go and search the main event at hoffman and i posted that whole uh that whole video people need it we need to get back to normal normalcy we need you know and and of course realize that the the democrats the Democrats pushed this, uh, pushed all this relief stuff. So even when it's time to go back to work, there's going to be questions. Do, do people want to go back to work? And I hear them talking on TV this morning that, uh, you know, some people are afraid they they don't want to go back to work because they're afraid that they're not going to be, there's not personal protection, uh, personal protection equipment for them, masks and all that stuff. And they're afraid that they're going to get this virus and they're nervous about going back, going back to work. Well, they're not nervous. They just don't, they know that, hey, they're taking their, their unemployment plus $600 and that's take home. And people are, people are, um, they're cash flowing now more than, more than a lot of them are cash flowing more now than with what their take home was from their, uh, from working full time. And all they get, and they say, well, you know, this is going to last another six months. Uh, I think they added six months to it. So, or did they add two or three months to it? Whatever they did, it's going to go on. So people are going to say, well, I'm nervous about it. I'm going to, I'm going to delay. I'm going to delay. And you know what? In my opinion, uh, employers can terminate them for that. So, Hey, do you want, do you want a few extra hundred dollars a month now that's going to last for a couple of months? 
or and then you'll be unemployed and your unemployment's out or do you want to have a job and go back to work and get back to normal normal times it has people have to realize that that it uh that it makes you feel good to go to work every day it makes you feel like you're you're doing you're accomplishing something and just like in the obama years that we incentivize people to stay home and that's why things didn't recover didn't recover faster because we were paying people to do nothing and you know with this this whole pandemic thing on top of the fact that uh businesses are going out it cost our taxpayer fund it put us put us 4 trillion dollars more in debt which is equivalent to like another 4 years of of Barack Obama and while i have about a minute left while we're talking about Obama, if you haven't followed the uh, what's going on with the Justice Department and the Mueller, the Mueller uh, investigation, all the 6,000 or 60,000 pages that they just released last week or uh, uh, this week uh, on Thursday, I think they released it. They're talking on TV today how this goes all the way up to Barack Hussein Obama. And uh, I'm hoping Bill Barr, Bill Barr and his team can put something together fast to uh because you know that the the democrats are going to put a big spin on this on uh pms nbc and uh, the communist news network and they're going to try and they're going to try and influence everybody's opinion on this but you know what listen with your ears open turn your turn your brain on pay attention and just say what what of this sounds how much of this sounds logical to me how much of how much of this makes sense know what the democrats are saying that trump is trying to put this campaign out because he wants to win a win a uh, election or is it that the democrats were trying to keep him out of out of uh out of office so they could keep their money tree going hey anyway i'm all out of time for this episode of the main event so uh thanks for listening my name's ed hoffman i'll be back again with you next week the opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of summit funding incorporated ed hoffman nmls id number 1-0-1-2-6-5-8. Arizona NMLO license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number 0925837. Equal housing opportunity.